0: Hi friend, did you know today's episode of The Big Hearted Podcast is brought to you by my signature program, The Essential Elements. The Essential Elements is exactly what it is. All the essential elements you need to run your family daycare business. We cover how to structure your day, how to communicate with family, set boundaries, business practices, all kinds of things in this course. There are 144 videos in there. Plus, you get access to the Be Carded Education Membership Hub, which includes the Q&As, monthly masterclasses and an incredible community of educators, all here designed to help you in every single possible way you could need for your family daycare service. The course opens on the 11th of March, so don't miss out. Make sure you subscribe to get all the details. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you find yourself and in whatever time continuum that happens to be for you, welcome to today's Big Hearted Podcast. I had the pleasure of interviewing the gorgeous Rachel Smith from Rachel's Home Childcare, which is a nurturing oasis situated in the heart of, I'm going to get this right, I promise myself, you have no idea how many times I've recorded this, Kenorgong. You wouldn't think it's that difficult once you say it, but when you read it, there's that many O's in it that you just trip yourself up on it. So, Kanoagong, and I probably got that wrong anyway, but let's just move on. This is just a short journey from the scenic Mount Gambier on the South Australian limestone coast. I'm thrilled to share the story of Rachel, a visionary, a beautiful, big, warm heart in family daycare who, along with her husband Greg, A dedicated mechanic and their adorable, adorable daughter. Oh my goodness! I'll just let you in on a little secret. I did have an energy drink this morning. Clearly, my mouth can't keep up with my brain. So let me tell you about Greg again. He's a dedicated mechanic. Oh, far out! And their adorable daughter, Adeline, or Addie, as she's fondly called, has created more than just a childcare service. They have built a beautiful, thriving community. In their family, there are two playful cats, Trixie and Princess, along with their delightful lamb, Chops, who brings laughter and joy, embodying the spirit of their home. Rachel's Home childcare is a testament to the power of connecting with nature, living sustainably and teaching children the invaluable lessons of respect and care for all. Seeing a need for deeper connection and support among family daycare educators, Rachel initiated Out of the Box Educators, a brand new Facebook group aimed at empowering educators to go beyond the norm. It's a platform filled with advice, support and regular virtual gatherings to break the isolation that can come with this role as a FDC educator. Inspired by Rosa Parks' enduring message of making the world a better place, Rachel is at the forefront of championing change within the family daycare sector. Her mission? To collaborate with services and advocate fiercely for educators who play a pivotal role in our children's futures, shaping them into the leaders of tomorrow. So let's jump in and have a listen to this gorgeous interview that I did with the beautiful Rachel Smith. She really does have her heart in the right place and wants to help people She shares vulnerably her experience um, and why she created out-of-the-box educators uh, because she had one door close and then decided to open another one because that's just what you do. Sometimes these situations that feel really icky and yuck in the first place when they first happen, they can overwhelm you with this sense of, oh, my goodness, But when you can actually sit in it and go, okay, hang on, I've just got to change direction here. There's something great can come out of this really crappy situation. That's exactly what Rachel did and she's gone and done it. And I know there's a few of you who are already uh, part of her community. So I really encourage you to go and do a search of -of out-of-the-box educators because Rachel really is a great big warm heart. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Big Hearted Podcast. My name is Victoria Edmund and I am your host. Our aim here at the Big Hearted Podcast is to nurture a community of heart centred educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in Australia and ultimately around the world. We want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here on the Big Hearted Podcast. Oh, good morning, good morning. good good day wherever you find yourself. We are live now with the beautiful Rachel and thank you so much for joining us today and do you want to because everyone's just heard your little bio uh, do you want to tell us in your own words how you came about starting your journey in family daycare in the first place? Oh so I
1: started my journey originally back in 2007 long time ago um, when I moved to Moree and I was actually a full-time live-in nanny but doing in-home care. Uh, We moved from there and jumped around a fair bit doing nannying and things like that and then we my husband and I we wound up in Wagga in New South Wales and I actually was cleaning houses and my I burst I had appendicitis and burst my appendix Oh. I was told I'm not allowed to clean houses anymore so I had to find an alternative and apparently looking after children is a uh, better for your healing process after you've had appendicitis so started went from doing nannying and cleaning to family daycare and never really looked back
0: yeah right that's interesting to me because childcare co- child can sometimes be full contact sport
1: oh yes but <laughs> apparently using
0: a vacuum cleaner is worse <laughs> Who who came up with that? And have they ever worked in childcare? I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so either. That's that's not funny that you got really ill, but uh, interesting. What a what a way to you know guide you into doing something. And so obviously you've loved it because from 2007 till now you're still going.
1: Still Going, yeah, um, and so many different capacities, but always in a home so whether it be my home or somebody else's home i've been six six different services in that time
0: yeah okay yeah
1: so interesting
0: so Just... now you find yourself over in uh mount gambia yes in a South
1: Australia.
0: magical spot part of the world <laughs> it is. so how long have you been there uh we've been down here two and a half years yeah nice so... yeah beautiful yeah so you've had a bit of a journey in the last little while. Let's let's just touch on that now and um so that everyone knows why we're chatting and where we're coming from. So you had a bit of an unfortunate end to last year. Do you want to just fill us in a little bit without um incriminating yourself or anybody else?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I was registered with A service um and my contract came to a very abrupt end, uh, mid-November. Um, and through that, I had two options. I could either look at it and go, this is the worst thing in the world that could possibly happen to me. Or I could go, okay, I've already been down that road once before. I don't want to do it again. What can I do to make it better? Mm -hmm. So I started with writing a blog Um, Not necessarily defending myself, but putting out there that some of the things that people may have heard along the way weren't quite what they were said to have been. Mm. So from that blog, I had nearly 40 educators contact me telling me that they had been through a similar or going through similar circumstances with the services that they were with. Mm. And this is all across Australia. Mm. I was so concerned that this level of bullying, I suppose, if you want to put a label on it, or this level of uh, disagreement between educators and services was happening. Mm. And I don't think people realise to the extent Mm. So I then wrote a second blog post which was called embracing the challenges and calling out services and educators to be better Mm. it's a really long title (laughs) but But from there we've gone (laughs) like this and I grew up as a Christian um I believe that when God closes a door, he opens a window. Well, in my circumstances, he closed a window and he threw open some bifold doors.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh,
1: the world that has opened up to me from writing my blog to now talking to Victoria and the connections through Family Daycare Australia, ESB in Australia, in South Australia, and the Department of Education in other in other states. Um, the, the union, like these are all people that I now get to have a first name basis with a contact person because I want to change the way that educators, educators are perceiving their services and services are perceiving their educators. Mm. I don't see that it goes one way.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And that was why I really wanted to chat with you because like being an approved provider myself, I could very easily go down the pathway of like just agreeing with services all the time, um, but. I want to really make sure that I present something that's balanced so that everybody feels seen and heard and that we don't shy away from difficult conversations because these are the most important conversations that we ever have in our lives. Um, And so I totally agree with that sentiment that educators see their services one way and services see their educators as another because through COVID, when I was on the truth page, every day, 5 p.m., reading out the changes that happened And I would wake up to messages from a service provider uh, telling me, oh, my gosh, I'm saying X, Y, and Z to my team, but they're not hearing this, to then an educator from their service. And I never, ever crossed those bridges. I just let people be heard. Um, To an educator going, oh, my God, my service is not saying this and not saying that. And I could clearly see it was a communication issue. And what happens, and in my experience of 44 years, is people have something happen in their past and they put a filter on. So whenever something ever comes to them, it comes through that filter all the time. So they may hear something completely different to what is being said to them or say something that isn't in alignment with what they're actually trying to say. It's like that pattern of behaviour steps in and takes over. And I saw it time and time and time again. Uh, In fact, it happened within my own service uh, where educators didn't like what I was doing and then went out and actively tried to recruit people to join their little gang uh, and then trolled me, like mercilessly. Can I say that word? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's never nice being on either receiving end. But it's certainly a conversation that I think we need to have in family daycare because I know services will think that educators scheme hop, and I have seen it, they'll do something and then they'll just go to another scheme and not be honest when they go to the next scheme about what's happened in their previous scheme. And it's very risky. It's extremely risky because at the end of the day, the approved provider is responsible for what happens within their service. And they're financially responsible.
1: Oh, and that is a scary thought.
0: Oh, yes. It certainly <laughs> you is.
1: Skim, you skim the regs and you, you see those little numbers at the end and you go, oh, my goodness, that's such a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Um, and educators are now mentioned in there too. Educators can be fined now as well. So I think it's a really important conversation to have and it is alarming to hear that you had so much feedback because in reality, not many people from the family daycare profession will have even seen that blog. No, I think it's had 123 views. So that's just under 50% of people that have read it have shared a story of similarity with you. Which is scary. It is. It is scary. And like I love that you say that you want to make educators responsible as well as approved providers too. So yeah. how do you... well, I
1: don't know how, but I think the reason I say that is because educators often think that they're getting a free ride and coming as an educator, I've seen it time and time again, oh, it doesn't matter, it's the scheme's problem, mm. or oh, it doesn't matter, the scheme will pick up the pieces, or oh, it doesn't matter... I just have to do my job and if the scheme hasn't said to anything to me, that's my problem. That's that's not my problem. That's their problem. Mm. That's not the way it is and that's not the way it should be. Mm-hmm. We are people. We are responsible for our own actions. And if you can't be bothered as an educator to read the regulations and read the yeah. National Quality Framework and and all the other documents that you are supposed to be reading, mm-hmm. then that's your problem. That is not the scheme's problem. And if you then, once you've read those things, you can then question things. Yes. And it, it, you cannot question, you cannot have an understanding of what your responsibilities are until you have an understanding of what the scheme, I suppose, is trying to get you to have responsibility for.
0: Yes, It's communication, it's understanding, it's educating yourself, it's taking personal responsibility. So I I did a masterclass on that in the essential elements way back and it was really powerful because in that I asked the question, who here has actually read the regs? There weren't many people that had put their hands up who'd read the regs. I would have been one of them. I will
1: be honest. It wasn't until this most recent service that I was with where I was challenged to be better, and I will say I was challenged to be better, I was challenged to be the best possible educator that I could be, that I was ever even encouraged to read the regs. Mm. We were involved with policy development. That's the first time, and I think I I said before, I've been involved with six different services. This is the first one that has actually actively encouraged us to be part of reviewing their policies, mm. not just sending me one and saying, here, read this, make sure it makes sense. Mm. Read this, make sure it meets regulations.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's a really important point to make. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, is, it is so important because you are legislated and you are bound to those regulations Um, And you can be fined if you don't follow the regulations. So if it's deemed that the service, the approved provider, has taken all reasonable precautions to ensure that the educators are aware of their rights, their roles and their responsibilities, if if that's deemed to have been met and something still goes wrong, then the educator is 100% liable and responsible for what happens. So it's like... I know people are like, oh, they're taking the family out of family daycare. And it's like, no, no, you're a professional and this is the law and the regulations that you have to operate. You've got a responsibility to know them. You shouldn't be looking after other people's children if you aren't aware of the responsibility that you have on your shoulders.
1: If you want to implement something, for example, I have cats. I have two cats. I have three sheep. We have guinea pigs. We have hermit crabs. You see it all the time on various chat groups. How am I supposed to have my pets in my family daycare service? Now, family daycare is family first. I'll stick by that. It is. And there is always a way to have those pets as part of your program. We hatched ducks last year and we're going to hatch ducks again this year. And they're amazing. They've gone to a new home. That new home is now on our excursion list so Mm -hmm. that, We can go and visit our ducks because Mm. kids loved them.
0: Yeah.
1: And we had to get rid of them because we have a cranky neighbor who said they made too much noise. Yeah. But they were like eight weeks old. Um, it was, and then when it look when we look at getting chickens, so we'll do the same thing, we'll hatch chickens out this year um, because we want to have our own egg supply. I have parents who are on a list who want chickens but there's so much more to having those chickens than just having chickens. Yeah. You will take them I oh, I am a bit of a widow and I want particular breeds, so I will go searching for these particular breeds so that we can show them. Yeah. And then the children involved with handling those chickens and then we wash them and then we take them to the show and then they get ribbons and it's all exciting and they're engaged and they're involved in that learning. Yeah. And therefore those chickens are then part of our program.
0: Yeah. Every- Yeah, the risk to having chickens is a bit different to having cats and dogs though. Um, And this is what educators need to understand is that when things go south, they can go south real quick and approved providers need to be aware of that too, is that we have this responsibility to think of the worst-case scenario and put policies in place that are going to protect children educators, the animals involved without over-consuming things, without like putting too much restriction. There's this real fine balance that needs to happen. And, you know, sometimes an approved provider will say, I'm just not prepared to take that risk because it's a $30,000 fine. If something goes wrong, like who pays that? That comes out of my pocket if I'm the approved provider. Um, it's my house on the line, you know, and, and and educators have to understand and services have a responsibility to share with their educators that this is the reality and this is why we have this policy in place. And it comes down to that idea around communication. When you're looking to align with a service, are you actually aligning on the things that really matter to you and to them if they're completely different books maybe that's not the service for you and it's not the service's problem and it's not your problem it's just that you don't gel uh you know so i think it's really important that yeah if you want to have pets in your service and your server in your family daycare and your service may go, we're a bit, there's got to be a middle ground somewhere. And this is where it comes to you researching and coming up with some ideas and solutions and saying, look, this is the research I've done. I found X, Y, and Z. How can we make this work? Is it a possibility? And really opening that dialogue and that conversation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So since you've written that blog, you've now gone and taken another step. Why don't you share with us a little bit about where you've gone to from, from there?
1: Well, which step? Which step would you like me to elaborate on?
0: Well, all of them, obviously, <laughs> but what's, what's the next bit from there?
1: Uh, okay, so we've got, uh, I've created these two blogs uh, to start with and then I've gone, okay, so how can I make an impact for family daycare educators? Um, And I've started with a private Facebook group. It is just for educators at this point in time. However, if there is, it comes to a point where services want to be involved in this, then I'll look at ways to incorporate a service probably in a different group. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll see how we go. Um, In that group environment, we have got a discussion question each week or each month at the moment because it's been Christmas and New Year's and nobody wants to be bombarded with work too much work um my goal is to provide support by trying to remind educators that they don't need to do everything yeah they they are if you are in family daycare you are already amazing you've opened your house up to the children that you look after your scheme or service and the department that is a risk in itself. Yeah. You are already amazing and you wouldn't be in this role unless you wanted to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So reminding educators that what they're doing is already amazing and that they can do less and do more at the same time.
0: Yep. <laughs> because
1: <laughs> I'm a mum first. I have Addie every single day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, she goes to kindy this year but I still have her every single day. Yes. Some days she does not want the kids here yes. at all. <laughs> but, and then there's some days where the kids do not want to be here at all. So finding that balance of what can be done and can't be done and having that constant dialogue with your service. If you're having a rough day, you should be able to ring your service and go, I'm not coping today. Yeah. And it shouldn't, you shouldn't be ringing your service with alarm bells going off in your head. Oh my goodness, they're going to put me on mental health leave.
0: Yeah. Hi, friend. Did you know today's episode of the Big Hearted Podcast is brought to you by my signature program, The Essential Elements? The Essential Elements is exactly what it is all the essential elements you need to run your family daycare business. We cover how to structure your day, how to communicate with family, set boundaries, business practices, all kinds of things in this course. There are 144 videos in there. Plus you get access to the Be Carded Education Membership Hub, which includes the Q&As, monthly masterclasses, and an incredible community of educators, all here designed to help you in every single possible way you could need for your family daycare service. The course opens on the 11th of March, so don't miss out. Make sure you subscribe to get all the details.
1: That When you're looking at the stories that came from my blog, that was what educators are scared of. Oh, really? they, they don't want to be ringing their service going, oh, I'm having a really hard day today and burst into tears. Because they're scared that their service is then going to say, oh, I think you need to have a mental health break. We're self-employed. We can't afford that. Yeah. Obviously, there gets to that point where we all need to take a break. And I love how much you advocate for knowing you and knowing when you need to take that break and taking it when you need it. But having somebody dictate it to you is a completely different thing.
0: Yes. And from an approved provider perspective too, (laughs) This is what we talked about where we said we would have this chat that that I would sometimes offer a rebuttal to things from an approved provider perspective, depending on what's happening and depending on that particular educator, I have said to educators before, uh, let's let's have a week off, you know yeah. and, and because I can really hear that that you you've just got nothing left to give. If an educator is just having a bad day, like, and I have bad days, too. Um, and so I know what it's like, because I will ring my people and be like, "Oh, <laughs> you know, like there's a difference. there is a big difference. And uh, I, I suppose you've got to be with people who can be willing to hear someone in in a certain amount of distress and get to the bottom of it. For some people that's going to be instantly, oh my goodness, you're putting the children at risk. When it's not the case, all I'm saying is that right now the tension has built up within me and I actually need to have a little little release, let have a little cry, open that release valve, be heard, be seen, be understood and say and then right oh girl, put your big girl panties back on. Get back out there, you've got work to do. And that's enough. You know, there is is that difference. But sometimes an approved provider may have to make that call because the educator won't make that call for themselves. And that is
1: it. But do you think maybe, do you think it comes down to education in that side of things?
0: 100%.
1: As an educator, as somebody who quite literally hit rock bottom in the last two years, I didn't know how to stop. Yep. I do now and I know when I need to take a break now. But yeah. two years ago, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know how to pick myself back up and going on a journey of self-discovery as such. And if you read through my blogs, like there's more than one that comes out every week. There's nice. <laughs> quite a lot there now. <laughs> um, but it's been a really good way to process things. But my journey is actually there. And I had to really think if I wanted to share everything. Yeah. It's an open book. My, that blog post, it's called My Journey and it quite literally talks about my dad had cancer last year and he died in July. Um, I've had two mes- miscarriages in the last 18 months. Mm. Uh, we live 15 hours away from my family. I don't have a support network for my daughter. Mm. Those are the, all the things that make me vulnerable, but because mm. I am now aware of them, I can work around them. Mm. having a service that can support you and guide you
0: mm. not just jump to a conclusion is so yeah. important. massive absolutely absolutely and and you know I, I share a lot but I also keep a lot private um yeah. you know and and <laughs> I mean Anyone that listens to the last podcast with Stephanie will know all about my adrenal fatigue (laughs) (laughs) and my low melatonin. Uh, Like there's some things that I don't keep private, but there are other things that I do. And and this is where it comes to having that discipline and having boundaries. Uh, We need boundaries ourselves and we have to really look at those boundaries and really look at the consequence of running roughshod over the top of our own boundaries Some of us don't even have boundaries and this is a really important thing and this is absolutely, you're right, around education uh, and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And I think times are changing too. The way we are in the world is very different to my mother's generation, your mother's generation you know, perimenopause is the conversation that we have now. Like that wasn't even talked about. Miscarriage is a conversation that we have previous to miss to, to our sort of generation. And you're a bit younger than me, but it, it, you know, previous to that, it was hidden. Like no one talked about it. It was so sad. No one knew how to broach these conversations. And I think what's happening as we evolve as a human species is that we become more comfortable with difficult kinds of conversations. Um, But there's still this stigma sometimes in like overcoming. And I had a message from an educator yesterday who told me she takes one week off a year because her families depend on her. And I'm like, mate, your family needs to depend on you. Your clients are not your responsibility your clients your family clients are not your responsibility
1: yes I wrote a blog what I think two weeks ago now called put your big girl pants on and it was because of this because I am seeing this issue more and more and more where people don't know how to put those boundaries in place you need to know um You need to go into your service, into your family daycare service, knowing when you can work. Mm -hmm. And I love that you say to plan out your holidays for the whole year and tell your families when you're going to be off work. Your families need to develop a mutual respect. Yep. And that putting those boundaries in place saying, I'm going to take holidays on this day or my child's sick, so I can't work today. You need to be able to do that. Mm. building that relationship with your families and hopefully services can help with building that relationship with your families or offering advice and guidance on how to do that. But your families will respect you more for having those boundaries in place.
0: Mm.
1: I I think they will anyway.
0: Absolutely. There's not one single family that will come into a family daycare service expecting that you're going to operate 52 or 51 weeks of the year it's you that sets that parameter. It's you that sets that expectation for them if you don't take holidays. Whereas when you're interviewing your families, you can have a calendar of events that happen within your service that are important to you. And you say to them, you know, I have leave at this time, this time, and this time. You'll need to make alternative arrangements. If they can't facilitate that and they can't make that happen, guess what? They don't come to you. They go somewhere else. And if they can make it happen, then they're so appreciative that they know what's forthcoming. They can put other things in place and they can get on with their life and then go, yes, I'd love to come and work with you or have my child come and be in your care because you're really organised. You are laying out what's happening it's like Coles. They have their shop out, their open and close hours on their front door, and they don't deviate and they don't have from somebody
1: it. Somebody answer the phone at
0: 10.05. No, they don't. No, they don't. And, <laughs> and they don't deviate from it. And they don't feel guilty for coming around <laughs> at five to nine and saying, um, the shop's closing. You need to get to the register right now. <laughs> that and and what do you do? You go, oh shivers, so sorry. Quickly run and get us and leave half the stuff behind because you don't have time to get. There, and you get there, and then the, the checkout person is looking at you as if you're the world's worst person. Uh, you know we close at nine. It's been like this way forever and day. Like mm, that, you know, you feel bad for pushing them. Yes. right. Where did we swap those? Where did we swap that and and decide that as family daycare educators, we were going to bend over backwards and appease every single family's needs in our care. We've, we've got it wrong and part of stepping up the professionality within family daycare means that we have these very clear boundaries, expectations and guidelines when families come into our service. You want to put the family back into family daycare, this is how you do it. You do it professionally, firm and fair.
1: I um, had one of these educators that came to me at the end of last year, Her she was telling me that her families were so angry and upset that her I think it was her mum had passed away or was about to pass away and she wanted to go to Europe to visit her mum before she died. Mm. And her families made her feel so awful and so guilty about it that she ended up going and her mum died while she was on the plane over. No. Because she could not stand up to her parents to say I'm going. No. And I don't know what I would have done because, as I said before, my dad died in July last year. As I was interviewing families from when I opened last year in mid-April or even earlier than that, as I started interviewing families, I said, look, my dad has got stage 4 cancer. He is going to die. We don't know when, but when it happens, I'm going. Mm. You will have to come and get the the children as soon as I make that phone call and I will go. Mm -hmm. And that's it. There was no oh, can you stay for this or can you do this? No, no, I said, no, I'm going. I mm. ended up being off work for two weeks. Like I'd only been open, I think, been open for six weeks and I was gone for two.
0: Mm.
1: And my family's all knew, and they were okay with that. It was the hardest time to come back. And they were like, they, all of them were questioning, do you really want to come back to work yet? I love what I do. I love being surrounded by the children. I wanted to come back to work and I was ready to come back to work, but not everybody will be.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can't push yourself to be ready in those circumstances. But why should you miss out on seeing a loved one because your families are going to be
0: inconvenienced by it? The regret, the regret that that poor educator is going to feel for the rest of her life do you think in two years' time, even a year's time, those families are going to even remember that conversation? No. Let's be real. Let's no, and
1: I don't. I think she actually lost
0: most of them for memory. She lost most of her families when That's she came appalling. back. That is appalling. But you oh. know what? Good, good. If that was one of my educators, I would be, like, getting rid of those families anyway because <laughs> that is appalling. That is truly so disrespectful. So disrespectful and disgusting. Yep. But we have to take responsibility for that too, because we set that up that way, right? And this is where we have to take personal responsibility and look at what happens. Life is happening for us, it's not happening to us. So we have to be our biggest advocate. And stand up and say, hang on, no. So for some educators, there's a lot of unwinding that they're going to have to do because they're sitting there listening to this going, holy crap, that's me. That's, <laughs> that's me. I like my families don't respect, don't respect me. The only reason families don't respect you is because you let them disrespect you. So we have to take that personal responsibility and really own up to what we've put in place. And then work really hard to unwind that. Yep. And, it,
1: and it's, it's not
0: easy. No. But you
1: are going to be the master of communication with your service, with your families, and you're going to set those boundaries first because as soon as you start setting those boundaries and sticking, you have to stick to them. You can't just set them. You have to stick to them. Once you start sticking to those boundaries, you will find that things flow and are so much easier because you don't have an expectation that you're going to get walked over when you say you need to have some time off.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And this is the thing. Well, we've got a little visitor for those watching at home. This is our little friend Addie. Hello, Hello, Miss Addie. How are you? Say good, thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: That's good. Thank you for visiting us. Good you girl. You're share? up again. Can you share?
1: Good job. Any other sign? Good job. Thanks, chicken.
0: Well done, gorgeous. Little blopsy. <laughs> <Jeez> um, <me. laughs> so, yeah, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um, Sticking so stick to the boundaries. Yes, yes. When you start putting boundaries in place, two things are going to happen. First of all, you're going to question yourself and you're going to think, I'm the world's biggest beep, beep, beep right now. <laughs> Like because what you're doing when you're setting boundaries is that you're going against something that you've always done. Yeah. You're putting something new in place. So, yes, sticking to the boundaries is so important. Don't waver on it. The more you practice saying no, the easier it gets. The next thing that's going to happen is those people who don't like you setting boundaries are going to push against them. Like you have to expect you 100% have to expect that when you put a boundary in place, someone or multiple someones is going to come along and push it and test you. Yep. That's going to happen. The
1: biggest boundary that is being that gets pushed as an educator, well, not so much now, but when I first started family daycare, was fees. Yeah. Now, oh, I'll, I'll pay it next week. Oh, I'll pay it next week. I'll pay it tomorrow. Parents... You need to put that in place. Yeah, no, nah, this is what's going to happen. If you don't pay your fees, there's a $10 per fee per day. They'll only do it once. Yep. They'll only be late once. Yep. Putting that boundary in place and having a repercussion to breaking that boundary is so, so beneficial and you will you will be so grateful for, for that journey of self-discovery of knowing how it feels
0: absolutely i have never once gone to coles in my life got a trolley full of shopping and gone oh hey bro um I'll i'll get this next week well i'll come <laughs> back next week and fix you up for it, uh, it no happen. it doesn't happen it absolutely doesn't happen oh, i would never oh. dream to do that like if if i can't pay my phone bill what, what do I do? I, if I don't pay it, I get a late fee. And then if I don't pay it again, I get cut off. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's standard. But if I ring Telstra and I say, Hey guys, um, you know, we just went through a tornado and a tree fell on our house and, blah, blah, blah. Or my car died and all this stuff happened. I I actually can't physically pay my bill this month. Can I make a payment plan with you? And Telstra goes, sure. We love that you've communicated with us. We love that you've reached out before your bill was due to put this in place. Here's what we can do for you. Does that work for you? And I say, yes, thank you kindly. And then I make every single one of those payments. But what happens if I don't make that payment? I get cut off. Like, this is the same for you. like, And be really clear and upfront when you're interviewing families, bring up these difficult conversations. It's easier to have a difficult conversation before they start than after they start and you get attached to their child and all <laughs> the things come into play. Like, yeah, yeah let's not do that. <laughs> but I have to say that being in family daycare
1: has been one of the most rewarding jobs yeah. I could have imagined family so we've been down here two and a half years and we have one of my families coming to visit us yay which is amazing their children are all at school now and during the next school holidays they're going to come down and go wow you live in a beautiful part of the world
0: yeah yeah magical
1: that's the relationship, that once you have those boundaries in place, they're the relationships that you're going to build. They're mutually respectful. And when the children leave, that that's when you become good friends. Yeah. That boundary of friendship when they're enrolled needs to be kept.
0: A hundred percent. I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's really difficult when families come into your home because they're in your home and you you innately welcome people into your environment. You really do. But there does, you do need to have that little bit of professional um, boundary there when it comes to how much you let them in. And there's probably going to be some educators out there that go, oh, my gosh, no, my are my family, blah, 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 blah. But I say it to my team all the time. Your families are your best friends until they're not. Yes. And they my will be... Turn. Yep, they will be the first person to put a complaint into you about the department. I've can i lost count of the amount of people that have put a complaint into the department about an educator because suddenly they're the world's worst educator. When when we get to the bottom of what's going on, oh, they haven't paid their bill. They haven't paid their bill in two weeks. So my response to any family that puts a complaint in against an educator when I know they haven't paid their bill, I say to them, oh, let's fix up the bill first because that was the first issue. Let's get that sorted and rectified. And once you've paid your bill, then I'll look into these other things because there is no argument to that and it's called having a boundary. And when you get accustomed to this, you can see through the nonsense that happens and I will always act on any complaint. I absolutely will, but let's get to the first things first. The first issue, there was no issues until that <laughs> happened. Now let's let's just rectify that and then we'll move forward. Exactly, 100% of the time, they go away. You know, like there's ways and means around this stuff. There really is. But it comes down to you, the educator, because you're operating your service. You're having the conversations daily with your families. You've got to be clear on your boundaries. Yes. So, yes,
1: so you were asking me about the steps that I've taken yes what's next so so we've got the the Facebook group happening so that's out of the box family day or FDC educators uh, um So we've got that. I've got an Instagram page and I've also got a TikTok now happening, which is kind of cool. With that one, I really did, I did a great few videos yeah. last week that introduced everybody to my service first because the way I see it is that I'm a family daycare educator first and out of the box is secondary to that. Yeah. And I can't encourage people or inspire anybody else unless they know that I am also an educator. I'm yeah. not speaking out of school. I am living through this at the same time as everybody else.
0: Yeah, amazing.
1: So I did that first. And now, next part of that is I created an Etsy store. Oh, cool. <laughs> so many years ago I created some amazing educational resources. Yeah. Uh, and I've decided to update them with EYLF version two. Um, make them a whole lot more professional because At 19, I knew this much (laughs) compared to now. I know this much, but I have that much more to grow. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I've started uh, fixing them up and I put my first one up on Etsy yesterday, which I'm really excited about. I had four sales overnight, so that's even more exciting. Oh, my gosh. But it just breaks it down. It, it, It brings back that being... I hate the word basic, but it brings it back to being basic. Yeah. You don't need to overthink what you need to do. Mm -mm. And if you can simplify what your requirements are through, for example, Victoria's Big Hearted Journal. Oh, my goodness. I only just started looking at it because I bought the December, the summer one. And I was like, oh, well, I can't work. So I'm not going to look at it yet. And I only just pulled it out of the packaging. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's mind-blowing how incredibly basic as such it is with so much in there. Everything is there. If you can simplify what you're doing and bring it back to those basic requirements, you're going to uncomplicate what you are doing.
0: 100%. It will
1: make so much more sense. Yeah. That is what these do. They're all based, all my resources are based on a picture book.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: the first one that went up yesterday was based on possum magic, and there's about probably fifty odd activities in there. Wow! to the early years learning framework. Wow! Linked to a element. Outcome. Yeah. Outcome. Yeah, that one. There's there's a menu, a week's worth of menu in there with the recipes connected to possum magic, for example. Um, it's all there. It takes it's the cool. thinking out of it.
0: Fabulous. So we're going to put all of these links in the show notes so that if you are an educator going, oh, that's what I need, you'll be able to find them through the show notes and, and we'll link them into the posts when we advertise the uh, podcast as well. Mate, what what a journey, hey? Like, honestly, sometimes the worst thing that ever could happen to you when you stay open to the possibilities actually becomes the best thing that could have happened for you.
1: Like I My said, friend, thank, you thank you so, so much for joining, joining us daughter. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm stoked. I'm so stoked. Thank you so um, much. When for we your work time on our today, own, we it's
0: been so great to chat with so you. So I know, so I know, you. I know there's going to be so many educators out there that are like is feeling completely seen, feeling like we've kicked their butt, but also feeling like, hey, you know, it is great. I have chosen So, have you felt compelled to share what you thought of today? Thank you so much for joining us, gorgeous. And we look forward to seeing where you and podcast. where you go I that helps say from our podcast it is an exciting journey and i'm so excited to, more more to hear what we have I to share have we the better you. it is yeah beautiful thanks so much friend get we'll get see you next time then, because... so
1: get back to work and welcome my family back in my house yeah but now i get to inspire other people and that that's what i love doing as well
0: amazing thank you so much gorgeous
1: thank you for having me